UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about the reasons that we are hopeful for next season. Um, I know in the, in the previous podcast... We talked about, I talked about a lot of the reasons why I was, I was worried or concerned about the upcoming season. I know you, meant, you touched on some things as well. And I realized that uh, I think it's time, you know, it's one thing that, to be realistic uh, and, and see things as they are, but, you know, to talk about our concerns. But I also think it's important to talk about, the, about some of the reasons we're hopeful. So, Andy, why don't you kick it off? Uh, what reasons, how do you feel, what, what hope do you have for next season for, for Michigan football under Coach Jim Harbaugh? Well, it'll have to be proved on the field that they are or aren't a good football team, and that's up to them. And I don't think uh, that most people have an informed opinion on that this year uh, for the one reason that they went into the submarine in the spring and a lot of you've never seen them scrimmage. I've never seen them scrimmage. Uh, a lot of people have never seen them in action, but they do have a plethora of talent. They have more talent coming back this year than they had last year by far in key positions, and you can start with Patterson right there. He's going to energize uh, that offense to some degree because of his escapability, because... He is a playmaker, and he looks to be, from looking at his experience at uh, Old Miss, the best quarterback that Harbaugh's had at Michigan. The quarterbacks have not lived up to expectations, even though the offensive line has been bad. Uh, Jake Ruddock was the best of the bunch, and that was a surprise uh, that it came out that way. But the quarterback room is full of good talent from Milton, who was on the, who was a newcomer, the great big guy with a strong arm. Peters has improved, I hear, and McCaffrey. But all of this is going to coalesce. All these expectations will become more real one way or the other after Notre Dame. Because at that time, we'll see what they have on display. Now, they're not going to be as good at team against Notre Dame as they will be later in the year. There's no question. But the talent is there, and that defense got overwhelming talent. Can't say that about the offense, but the defense does. I'm expecting there to be improvement, and the offensive line has to be, has to improve it. It's not going to be the absolutely the greatest offensive line that Michigan has had this year. They haven't got to be. What they got to be is a whole lot better than last year. They can't have their quarterback chased around and knocked down all the time. They can't have TFLs all the time. And they got to be able to score more than seven touchdowns by, by passing. The receiving core has the talent. So if you look at them, if you compartmentalize them and look at it by position group by position group, this should be a super football team. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's what we're hoping for. Um, you know, when I think about you know when I talk to outside people, 
some of the criticism I'm hearing is that, uh, and and I think, you know, Michigan people are, are, are really sensitive to this. Michigan fans are really sensitive to this for a lot of reasons. But, you know, there are people on the outside who will look at, you know, what Harbaugh has done in his first three seasons and compare it to the previous regime's first three seasons. And, and I will tell you, I, I mentioned this on a previous podcast, um, I, I had a, a, someone who's a very close observer of the program um, kind of say, you know, it's interesting, this reminds me of, of Hoke's fourth season where you're not hearing a lot out uh, out of Fort Schembechler and there's kind of, a, a, of an unease among some of the fan base wondering how this is going to go, hoping for the best, but, but, but having some concerns. And, you know, when I talk to especially SEC fans, they're very gleeful to point out, um, you know, that Harbaugh has not had success against Ohio State and, and, you know, Michigan hasn't really competed seriously for a Big Ten championship, haven't, you know, meaning they haven't even gone to Indianapolis. Um, and, and I think, you know, and, and again, there are some other analogies, you know, uh, in Hoke's fourth season, the quarterback position was kind of up in the air. Um, in Hoke's fourth season, the offensive line was was uh, had come off a, a struggle. And, you know, it's interesting because when we look at what Hoke did to, to, to try to shake the program up, um, you know, he brought in Doug Nussmeyer um, to kind of take over the quarterbacks. Now, under, under Jim Harbaugh, you know that he's the quarterback coach. He, you know, whatever whatever title people have, you know that, that he's handling the quarterback position. So you weren't going to see another offensive line or another quarterback coach come in. That was, you know, that was it. Um, but one of the things that, that Hope did that I think I was disappointed by is he kept Daryl Funk um, as offensive line coach. And I remember you and I talking um, as the third season wound down and you know, I know I, I expected Funk to be gone uh, within Go minutes. Yeah, within within minutes of the season ending, I think we expected Daryl Funk to be gone, and, and and he wasn't. And you know, then you look at what has happened under Harbaugh, and you know, I think that that Harbaugh has made some pretty significant changes. Um, you know, he has brought in a new strength strength and conditioning coach. Um, that we're hearing good things about. Um, and mo- yep, and most importantly, he's brought in brought in Ed Warner. And when you look at his track record of, of working with offensive line, I think that you know. Uh, and again, kind of the Hulk comparison. You know, the the impression that I had is that Daryl Funk and Hulk were pretty tight, and, and Hulk was reluctant uh, to get rid of him. Um, we were kind of hoping that, uh, you know, while Nussmeyer came in, it, it wasn't nearly enough because, again, you know, the season played out. Uh, you, you had a quarterback running for his life because the offensive line never really congealed. Well, at Michigan, you had Jim Harbaugh uh, pretty much uh, let Tim Drevno go, and, and you know that they were tight, that they were colleagues for a long time. But... Harbaugh made the change, brought somebody from the outside, and, and shook up, again, not only strength and conditioning, but the offensive line, the, the coaching on the offensive line. 
So for me, being an observer, um, those are the those are the biggest changes and reasons that I'm hopeful heading into the season. That um, you know, Harbaugh had seen that we weren't really seeing uh, growth at the offensive line position. You know, there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, you know, there's been some key injuries, but the point is, you know, he made a rather significant change. And for me, that's the biggest reason for hope that I have, is that I I agree with that because he he put things under a microscope. You know, he had that self-analysis deal, and he talked to other coaches even. And I, I think I think that he's had his nose to the grindstone and is totally dedicated to putting the best possible Michigan team on the on the field that they can this year. And I've got the hope that they will be. But right now, until we see Notre Dame, it's all hope. We can't base a lot, anything. And, and all of the prognosticators, including all of those writers, are going on last year's stuff. Well, I think that, you know, anyway, you're touching on, you know, the Big Ten football meetings are coming up. And yeah. uh, the, the headline out of the, the run-up to the meetings is that Michigan was picked fourth in the Big Ten East. Now, let's peel that back a little bit, you know, because the headline is Michigan picked to finish fourth. But when you actually look at the way the voting turned out, um, Michigan did receive, uh, you know, one and a half votes to win the Big Ten East. Um, Penn State received one vote to win. Michigan State won two. And Ohio State had 23 and a half, which, again, is not surprising. Ohio State has been dominant, you know, for a while now. Yes. But yeah. the, the thing to point out in is that while Michigan was in fourth place, um, they had 140.5 points. Um, Penn State had 141.5, so they were one point in the voting behind Mich- behind Penn State. And then Michigan State had 142 points, so it means they were a point and a half behind you know, they're a point and a half behind being picked second. Now, I don't give a rip about, you know, the rankings, other than it's something to talk about. But I, I think it's it's not as if Michigan was fourth place, you know, and, and everybody was 20 points ahead of them. Um, I, you know, looking at this, it's Ohio State and everybody else. And, and I can't argue with that when you look at, you know, historically. Um, I, I think... What we are starting to see is that whatever credit uh, or benefit of the doubt that Harbaugh had um, has dissipated somewhat after the last two seasons. Now, again, we watch, you know, primarily Michigan, um, and, and I do see, I mean, again, you know, this is the time where, you know, we can look at the thing, you know, we're going to have enough data soon enough. Uh, you know, like you said, after the Notre Dame game. But what we can't go on is what pieces have been moved around on the board. And right now, I, I like the changes he's made. You know, uh, I think, Me too, very I think, much. I think it's important that he brought Shea Peterson in, uh, or Shea Patterson in. Um, I like that we have hopefully a stable of, of quarterbacks, um, although, you know, uh, an observer of the program, a friend of mine, said, you know, we got four strong quarterbacks. And I said, well, you know what it means when you have four quarterbacks, you don't have any. Um, but but that will shake itself out, um, you know. Um, I, I think 
I think the thing that I'm surprised by is that last year, you know, we went through quarterback after quarterback and, and nobody really stood out. So um, for me, it, the position's wide open. Um, you know, again, we have Patterson coming in, and you know he's the presumed starter. But again, it, it's it's wide open. Um, and you know, if 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 last year is any indication, I mean, uh, we may need two or three quarterbacks or more ready to go. So hopefully, let's hope that's, let's hope that's not true this year. That they that they shore that pass pro up a little bit or quite a bit. Uh, but there are others out there that think, and I kind of agree with them, that the the offensive line, as I said before, doesn't have to be the greatest line Michigan ever had. They just got to be a serviceable Big Ten line, and Michigan is going to score enough points so that defense is going to keep them in most games. You know, and that's the point. I think that, you know, what do we know? After three seasons under Don Brown, and looking at the stable of talent they have on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's safe to say we know the defense. The defense is going to be stout. You know, you bet. Defense is going to be one of the best in the Big Ten. Going to be in the top five or top ten nationally. And and like you said, can the offensive be can the offense be good enough to be competitive and score points? Um, you know, I, I'm I'm at the point of the summer where I've gone through and watched. Every game last season, uh, three or four times, and you know it, it, it's you know no matter how many times I watch the the losses, I never cease to be disappointed. You know, especially that Penn State game just comes as a as a punch to the gut every time I watch it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'll tell you the the thing that that um, the thing that I'm hoping for is that. You know, I know there's a lot of people saying that the, the season hinges on that Notre Dame game. Um, and again, you know, yes, I want to see the team do well. Um, it would be great to have them come out and, and, and put on a really good performance. But what I really want to see is by the time the Big Ten season starts, I want to see the offensive line be uh, steady enough that we start to see some consistency of offensive philosophy. Um, you know, are we a running team? Are we a run-pass team? You know, last year, um, between the quarterbacks changing, you know, every two or three games and running for their lives and, and you know, the, the injuries we had at wide receiver, I'm not sure we really got a good impression of, of what, what Harbaugh wants to do offensively. Um, I, you know, I, I certainly don't know. I mean, at, at, you know, three seasons in, you know, there's a point. Good teams will. You know, there's always an element of surprise, but there's also a point with good teams. You know what they're going to do. They're going to be so good at, at running five or ten plays that you can look for them, and you're going to see how they modify and, and, and you know run those plays versus different defenses. You know, it, it's their bread and butter. I don't know what Michigan's bread and butter is. I'm hoping that by the time that we head into the Big Ten season that we kind of know at least what the bread is or at least what the butter is, and hopefully both. Um, because I, I, for, for the life of me, I can't say what Michigan's offensive identity is. I don't know what Harbaugh's trying to do. Um, 
And, and I hope well, that, that we see that at some point soon. At least they've made it less complicated because he's had a very, very complicated offense in there. I'm very hopeful that by being less complicated and that, they'll pick it up better. You know, they got in the center, they with on Wenyu and Ruiz and Bridison, they're going to have those people are all going to be good. The question is at the tackles, and that's Runyon. And I always want to call him. What's the, what's his name now? I forget. It's a compound name too. Bushel Baby. Yes, that's what I. I always forget that. Um, Bushel Baby. He's got experience now, and maybe he'll have a sterling season. I'm hopeful, so, but most of the focus on them having some problems is. Uh, is around those two tackle spots. They think the rest of it's going to be solid, and that the tight ends can block, and if they can teach the back some pass pro and get and score some points. And we haven't talked about special teams, and that's another area that has to score more points. Last year they were much better in special teams in that they did stop the return problem. You know, the year before, SSU whacked them pretty good there with a long return late in the game and turned the game around. Uh, but they, but they, they got that down. They, they had pretty good ranking this year on return, uh, stopping returns. What they didn't have was a reliable punter at times. And that's got to change. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brad Robbins needs to improve. Brad shanks a lot of punts. Didn't have a real good year, but he was better than the guy be, behind him. And uh, Quinn Norton uh, ran into that funk in the middle of the year toward the end of the year where he was missing all the time, and I did not understand that. Because you'd think at that time, all the whole squad, the the snap and the the, the place and the kick and all that would be all worked out good. But he struggled from there. But he's a guy of great talent. I expect him to come back. So we'll see what goes on there. They have to be stronger in special teams. And they have to have a better return than they they have had recently. And I think... uh, that uh, people Jones is going to do better this year. Last year he was obviously a, a youngster working at a craft he hadn't uh, hadn't quite conquered yet, and this year that's not going to be true. And uh, Amber Thomas is going to be a good kick returner if they use him for that. They've got several others. I was very impressed with Thomas. Would like to see that happen. Maybe he'll break something. But anyway, the special teams has got to not be a, re, uh, a liability in games and get home to the part where they're scoring some, to the place where they're scoring some points and aiding the cause. It's time that that happened. Well, and again, you know, if we're talking about, you know, last year, um, there's a lot of places that need improvement and a lot of opportunities for that. You know, the thing hanging over the program right now 
is that battle, the looming battle against Ohio State. Um, and, you know, again, hopefully uh, they'll get out of the gate well. Um, you know, again, if we can protect the quarterback, if the quarterback can develop, uh, I, I, you know, I feel much better than last year. You know, last year was a was not a great thing. Um, but again, I, I feel that, uh, you know, with the changes in the coaching staff, especially on, you know, the offensive side of the ball, um, things are looking up. Looking forward. I'm getting excited for the season. Um, so am I. Andy, do you have any uh, anything, any last words for the podcast this week? Well, I think that Michigan's going to be a much improved football team. I really have that feeling, and I really think they can they can get in there and compete. Whether or not they'll win a Big Ten championship, you know, that's not been a good bet in the last ten years. Uh, but anyway, I think that they they've got good coaching. They've got plenty of talent. They've got a tough schedule, and the good thing about the tough schedule is that they beat the teams that they have to beat to stay in the championship race away. You know darn well that they're a good team and they, they can go places. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that band come out of the tunnel and then the players follow it. That's always a ritual that, that I like to see every year, and it'll be especially good this year. Well, the thing that I thought was amusing was a video emerged of uh, Coach Harbaugh doing some donuts on the field, and it was uh, prior to them putting the new surface in. And what's funny about it to me is that, you know, the last month or so, um, again, people, some people around the program, and especially outside of the program, have asked me if, if Harbaugh was in any was on the hot seat or, or was in any danger of being under pressure. And I would always say, well, you know how they say, you know, when coach comes in, they, they throw him the keys? Um, well, in Harbaugh's case, we've thrown him the keys, he has the car, and uh, he could be doing donuts on uh, President Schichel's, uh lawn, and nobody would say anything. Um, and, and as if Coach Harbaugh was reading my mind, they released a video of him doing donuts on the field, which, I mean, I, I think pretty much sums up, uh, you know, how firm he is in the program. Now, the snark in me says, the snark in me says, well, Ohio State's been doing donuts on our field for the last four or five years. Um, you know, I guess Coach Harbaugh can get in on the, get in on the gig. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can symbolically do some donuts down on the Ohio State field uh, after beating the Buckeyes this year. Harbaugh knew that that field was being replaced anyway. That's the only reason they're out there doing donuts. Yes, Andy. Um, I, I know, Andy. Come on. <laughs> I know. So. Harbaugh, Harbaugh, I think, likes his own, his own hot seat. I, I think that he would blow up long before he gets to that point. I don't think he can stand to lose that much. I think he, as much as we want to see him win, Harbaugh wants to see him win anymore, uh, uh, more than, than we do. He's got more involved, his reputation, the whole thing. You know, and we never did say that Beeline stole a little of Harbaugh's thunder this year by going to the Final Four as a basketball raised up in showed what you can do when it's not expected 
well, if things go away and you well, pay attention. Well, Andy, we've talked about this before. You can make a case that Michigan has been a basketball school the last five years. Um, I mean, I mean, it's it's more than them just making the Final Four. You know, they've competed for Big Ten championships. They've won Big Ten uh, playoff championships. I mean, it, it's really time for football to pick it up. And uh, we will continue to talk about that moving on for this week. Uh, this is the, that's it for this week on the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.